And this morning I was going to maybe speak on something else, but I felt that this morning we cannot pass, especially in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning to read from verse 18. How can we skip the precious blood? We mentioned it and spoke briefly on it last week. But let's just zoom in on it again this morning. To speak about the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is an inexhaustible topic. It is something that we could never ever fully grasp hold of nor plumb the depths of it. What the precious blood of Christ means and what the precious blood of Christ has accomplished and what the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ hath done for us. And yet in many places, in many churches and assemblies, among many Christians, even now in the more modern age, if we can call it that, modernism coming into the church and the preaching, the preaching of the blood is less and less. Not so long ago, a man stood up in a mission hall and it was just before the whole COVID outbreak, so I'm reckoning it was 19, pardon me, 2019. And at the beginning, or almost at the beginning of his message, he said there's too much preaching on the blood. Now, I wasn't there, or I would have walked out or challenged him. We can never, ever hear or understand too much preaching or knowledge to have about the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without his blood, we would be lost, undone, and in our sin, on the broad road to destruction, ready for a lake of fire, and there eternally lost without the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Let us pray. Father, help my frail lips to swell the wondrous praise of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Help my frail body to be able to express the love of God shown towards his own. And help me to speak well of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And help me to exalt him Help me to lift him up and to magnify him that we in our hearts 
would praise him and he alone would be seen and he alone would be glorified. Thank you for so many again you've brought this morning. Now I pray, Father, let the precious blood of Christ be made known afresh in our lives and to our hearts. I pray may the precious blood of Christ be applied again to everyone who's here or to all who are watching or listening. Glorify him. Father, glorify your son. We love him and we worship him. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Peter writes, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Notice, for as much as ye know. Peter is writing here to you and I to let us know this morning that we should know born again, blood-washed, spirit-filled children of God, that you and I should know. And the word know here simply gives the idea of an intuitive knowledge given to us, within us. It gives the idea of something that is self-evident to us. And so we know. We fully know. We fully understand. And we completely comprehend. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Notice here there's corruption. Everything given for redemption by man, offered to God, is nothing but corruption. Can do nothing. It can attain nothing. But it is nothing but corruption before God. It is not eternal, but temporal. And so something greater must have been given for our redemption to buy us wandering sheep back and to bring us back to God. Notice here, for you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. The idea is with silver payment in coins or gold payment in coins. That the temporal offerings of man, the temporal offerings are in the light here, the spotlight of the eternity, the eternal blessings of God. How vain, how empty, how futile they are compared to what Christ hath accomplished. Corruptible things as silver and gold. Notice from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers. There's conversation is lifestyle it means. How you've lived and what you've heard is your tradition passed down 
by your parents, by your grandparents, and so on. Here he writes to the strangers scattered abroad. It's to the scattered Israel. And he's saying, even that which was being passed down throughout time from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right down through the tabernacle of Moses to the temple that was standing in Jerusalem, he says, there's nothing of this tradition Nothing can redeem you back to God. So there's nothing you can pay. There's nothing we could do. And there's nothing our parents have taught us outside of the gospel of grace found in our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here, there's nothing in this life, nothing in this world, that could redeem our souls. And what Peter is saying. To now those who are in Christ. And those who have come under the fountain of shed blood. He is now saying to them. Once now you have been cleansed. And cleaned in the blood. You know the futility. And the passing of time when all things will go into eternity past, that there's nothing that could have bought you nor paid the price of your debt. The idea is there's nothing could ransom you from the slave market of sin. We were all slaves to sin. In the world today, it's, you know, set yourself free. Be your own person. Be your own God. Live how you want. Do what you like. And in the world today, it is a case of find yourself. Go after your own heart. In your own mind and motives and spirit. And the world is teaching it today. And now it has come in to many Many of the churches, this psychology of how to make you feel better to have a blessed day. And brothers and sisters, that is not the gospel from the word of God. That is not what the scriptures teach us. Today we're told that you can choose what you want to be when you want to be it, and how you want it to be so. Choose your gender. Pick how you feel, and everyone must come around it, and come into agreement with you. Personal pronouns are now left behind. Personal pronouns, do not call them he nor she but rather drop the personal pronoun and they can live how their mind tells them or how their feeling expresses to them. And it is not according to the word of God. In the beginning, God made them male and female. Full stop. And so we see how the world is transforming itself deeper and deeper 
into psychology and further and further away from the scriptures. And now you and I, we are those who are bigoted and embittered and you and I are the dinosaur who now wants to live by an antiquated book that seemingly has no relevance in the year 2021. But I beg to differ, for this book is the Word of God, and this book is forever settled in heaven. There is no time on this book. There are no limits to what it says. For this book is living. It is not dead. It is the living word of the living God. And so the world hates and detests this book. It's time that the preachers got back to preaching the blood and the book. It is time that pastors started to preach and to teach the blood of the Lamb and the book, the Word of God. Too many fanciful furry tales are now behind the pulpit. Too many feel-good stories. Little illustrations, and some may have their place. But a sermon without Christ is not a sermon. And a sermon without the blood is not a sermon. And it's time that the preachers got back to the blood and the book unashamed of Christ and unafraid of the world, the Christ hearers. Peter is saying, you know, brother. Peter is saying, you know, sister. You know. You have experienced, you know that there is a self-evident joy in knowing that you have been redeemed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. I rejoice in the blood of Christ. I rejoice in the cross of Calvary. I am not ashamed to own my Lord nor to defend his cross. Maintain the honor of his word, the glory of his cross. I am not ashamed to own him as my own. Notice here, for you know, Peter says, you know with an assurance that Christ has paid your debt, brother. Now you might say to me, why are you preaching the blood to the saved. Well, I don't know who's here for starters. I don't know the condition of every man and woman's heart. But Christ does. And hence, the Spirit of God will take his word and wing it to every heart as he seemingly deems it fit to do. I don't know who are watching live online this moment. I don't know who will watch it later. But this I know, that at the preaching of the word and the preaching of the blood, men and women 
their lives will be changed. When preachers are not preaching the blood, don't expect changed lives. Notice the precious blood. The word timios is used. Valuable. Very costly. Very dear. So precious is this commodity flowing through the veins of the Lamb of God. So precious is the blood of Christ. So precious is it that it redeems and it covers and it cleanses all who come under the blood. And hence you're forgiven of an ungodly, Christless past. And you have a Christ-filled future. Are you washed in the blood? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Ah, Christian, let me tell you, when I hear the preaching of the blood, I don't care if everyone is saved in that room, including myself or wherever I may be. When I hear the preaching of the precious blood of Christ, my heart races. My spirit rejoices. My soul is glad. And I'm alive all over again. And I love afresh the word of God. The Son of God. Notice, it is not by silver and gold. Could not pay our debt. It is not by all the gold even in the world or the silver. Strange thing is that, you know, the scriptures talk about apples of gold and picture of silver. Gold speaks of deity. Silver speaks of redemption. That old blackguard Judas Iscariot went to those rotten old high priests and there he took 30 pieces of silver to betray the lovely Son of God. And that old devil Judas He thought that if he took it and Christ was to be handed over, he thought that he would be the chiefest of the apostles. But rather, he was the Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition in the midst. Christ says, have I not chosen you all? And one is a devil. When a man is under the blood, When a woman is under the blood, oh, they may fail and they may fall. They may fall many times a day, but they'll come under the blood afresh and they will repent 
They'll pursue Christ to live their life right before him. They'll be convicted of their sin. They'll be convinced of a godly way. When a man and woman is under the precious blood of Christ. So costly is the blood. Here is deity of gold. Speaks of gold as deity. Silver means redemption. Man's false redemption. Man trying to redeem himself. Making idols of their gods. Ungodly idols of themselves. And they cannot redeem you nor save your soul. In contradistinction to what this world tries to do. And in contradistinction to what this world tries to offer. And in contradistinction from time to eternity. Here is the world and its depravity. Man and his humanity, his total inability, he is without any security. And then comes along the precious blood of Christ. And it's that blood, the only way, means and method that a man and a woman can be washed from their sin. That their payment can be made is only totally uniquely and solely in the precious blood of Christ contradistinction time worldly temporal things the precious blood of Christ eternal pure spotless Holy blood that you and I know for a fact that we have been redeemed with. Can I ask you to search your heart this morning to the Christian who is waning. To the Christian who is doubting. To the believer who is weak. Maybe frightened and anxious. Can I ask you this morning, pause for a moment. If Christ or since Christ has paid such a costly price for you. Since his precious blood was shed for you. Then ask yourself with all honesty and sincerity. How do you think he will discard you? Why do you think that he would fail you? What makes you believe he would let you down? Even when the valley of this shadow of death is looming before each and every one of us and the death dew is lying cold on our brow, even at that moment, It's the blood, the precious blood of Christ. It is that precious blood that we will be trusting in. Father, 
We'll say in glory, I'm not here by anything I've done. Not by silver and gold. Not by any vain, empty, lifeless, hopeless conversation of our lifestyle. Not by our traditions. Not by whether we're in a denomination or an institution or whatever. It's not by any of it that we were redeemed, Father. We're here solely because of the precious blood of Christ. Not in my pedigree. Oh, dear, help us if that's what we're leaning on. And if it is, then you're not saved. Not in ritual, nor religion, not in ceremony, nor great church building, not in water sprinkling, nor even in confirmation by a bishop. We are there. We will say we are here by the grace of God, trusting in the precious blood of Christ. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Can I say, just before we move on a little. Can I ask you this, friend? Since this blood is precious blood, it means it is precious to God. I want to say it again. It means it is precious to God. It is precious to the Father. I wonder how many have walked away from him and have lived an open course of sin after claiming the blood of Christ for years even and no longer worship him, no longer love him and no longer serve him. I wonder how many of us or how many there How many of you have trampled underfoot the precious blood of Christ? Oh, to answer it, be careful. For that is a serious contemplation for us. How many are living wrong before God? Trampling the precious blood of Christ on their foot. It's solemn. But I feel this morning, this day, my, my calling, this moment is, is to call you to remembrance of the precious blood. The precious blood of Christ is precious to the Father. 
And the precious blood of Christ is precious to each and every individual and singular believer. Because we know it is personal blood. It is the blood which flowed from Emmanuel's veins. It's the blood of God. Acts 20 and 28 says, Feed the church of God, notice which he hath purchased with his own blood. With his own blood. Yes, the precious blood of Christ, just like the word of God, will speak for eternity. It speaks in heaven this very moment for the believer. It speaks right this very second as though the blood was freshly slain this very moment. It hasn't dried in as it were in heaven and gone sour. It hasn't as it were been droplets on the ground and dried in and disappeared and rubbed away on golden streets or through pearly gates. No! The blood of Christ which was shed at Calvary still speaks today. It's precious to the Father. We are redeemed with something eternal. We are redeemed with something that will last. We are redeemed with something that is precious. We are redeemed with something that is holy. We are redeemed with something that is true. We are redeemed with something that is pure. We are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Notice, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, if a lamb was to be slain while Israel uh, sent the lambs to the temple, if a lamb was to be slain, it could not have a blemish, neither any spot, but it was to be pure and white. It was to be without hurt or injury, without illness, sickness or disease. It was to be perfect. Peter takes the picture. The lamb that was slain. The temple in Jerusalem. The many thousands upon thousands of them. To cover or atone for Israel's sin. He says, now there's one lamb. One blood. One Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come from heaven down, veiled in flesh. And look what he says in verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, 
but was manifest in these last times for you. I want you to see that the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish and without spot, it wasn't take two. We have got the old covenant and it didn't do. And God seemingly failed where Israel went wrong and he just couldn't make it work. So he had to do it all over again and start a New Testament. That's from the depths of hell. Before the foundation of the world, before the foundation means before God spoke the worlds into being and framed them in order and hung them on nothing, before he called forth the waters and before he made a light by day and a lesser light by night, And before he fashioned Adam in the garden and then Eve, before they sinned by taking of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and death brought forth sin, before it happened in eternity past, God knew the Lamb. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same as in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And then we're told, and the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Before there was a sinner on the earth in Father Adam, there was a Savior in heaven in Christ. God looking through eternity through time of his creation, God knew his son would die on Calvary, the Lamb of God. He gave him for you and he gave him for me. Christian, let your heart rejoice today. Why are you doubtful? Why are you sorrowful? Why are you sad? Notice here, who verily, verse 20, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do believe in God. We can only know God through his word. His now word has become flesh. Christ portrayed the Father to us. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Christ shows us, like apples of gold and picture of silver, 
Here is the human redemption of his body. But within him is very God of very God. The gold of deity. Notice here, he was manifest the last times, but notice verse 22, pardon me, verse 21, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. You know, before I come out this morning, I wrote some notes down. Just scripture texts about the blood. And I realize there's so many I'd need another post-it or maybe use all I had. There's so many about the blood of Christ. That's just New Testament. And I won't go through it because I thought I'd go through some of them. Time would not allow me to go through it all. But here's what I want you to see, brothers and sisters. And Hebrews 9 and 22 tells us, without this shedding of blood, there's no remission. If Christ hadn't shed his blood, we'd still be in our sin. If Christ hadn't shed his blood, we would be lost. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Listen to what John says in the epistle, 1 John 1 and 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And as we were to round this up on the precious blood of Christ. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And verse 5 says this. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Notice. Unto him that loved us. And washed us from our sins. In his note, the personal note. The personal tone in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory. And dominion forever and ever. Amen. Note here, his own blood. Brothers and sisters, understand the love behind this. Understand the love behind it. Understand the grace. Not one of us were worthy. Not one of us. Grace found us. We received that which we did not deserve. The unmerited favor. Irresistible grace. Drew us through the spirit to Calvary. Wasn't a notion. And there never would be. In the depraved heart of man and woman. Mercy found us. And we did not get that which we did deserve. Judgment. Hell. The lake of fire. 
And he washed us in his own blood. If someone was to come and cause you to bleed, to strike you, strike you with something in your blood, the first thing you do, you put your hand to where maybe your nose or wherever, and there is the blood, and you look at it, it's your blood, the personal blood of your body. There it is. You would, the gross offense of it, to some the shock of it, You drew blood. If a dog draws blood, it is put down. Yet Christ, on the cross of Calvary, he gave himself to be crucified. And you know, even in Psalm 22, Around verse 16, I think. Forgive me if I'm wrong there. For dogs have enclosed me. For dogs have enclosed me. The assembly of the wicked surrounded me. They pierced my hands and my feet. One thousand years later, God knew all about it. Through the spirit of prophecy, he gave it to David. And God knew all about it, speaking, pointing to the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or without spot. The dogs drew blood. The Roman soldiers were around him. The assembly of the wicked enclosed him. The Pharisees of the day and they pierced his hands his feet to him who hath loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood his own blood his own blood is the precious blood of Christ which you and I are redeemed with bought with from the slave market of sin one scripture I'm closed one scripture. You turn with me to Revelation 12. So many. Revelation chapter 12, please. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength on the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. That's the devil's job. Don't you do the devil's job, Christian. If you claim to know Christ, don't do the devil's job and accuse brothers and sisters. If they're failing, help them. Verse 11. And they overcame him, the devil, the accuser. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. When the devil comes to accuse you, when the devil comes to frighten you, 
when the devil comes to tell you, ah, you're no good. You'll never do. Why would he want you? You're not saved. Maybe the blood doesn't speak for you. When the devil comes, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony. How's your testimony? And they love not their lives unto the death. How's your service? How's your service? Do you love your life more than Christ? Is he somewhere down the line and down the list? Or is his service, is his sacrifice more important to you than your own very life? Is he first? You know, the Father looks. I want to speak a little about the blood tonight. Some might say, again, you couldn't preach enough about the blood. But I'm going to tell you this. In this day and hour that we're living in, I'm going to look at the time of the clock. There's a doomsday clock the world has set. Atomic scientists. I'm going to tell you about it tonight. They have it set. I'll not talk too much about it. Don't want to give too much away. I'm going to let you know how's it set today by Santas, not even Christians, by Santas. Started in 1947. Today, from last year to this very moment, it's been the closest to what they call midnight. From 1947. Even through the Cold War. Today as we're standing. They have set it as close to midnight. Midnight they call it doomsday. Speak about it this evening. The Bible speaks about midnight. We'll look at it when Israel were under the blood. Are you under the blood? The precious blood of Christ. God bless us this morning or now afternoon.